You are listening to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast, where we aim to dispel the myths, debunk the stories, and help people better understand the role of the doula in the 21st century. I am your host, Sophie Brigstock, owner of Nurturing Birth and course facilitator, and I invite you to grab a cuppa, pop on your headphones, and listen in as I chat to doulas, birth keepers, and nurturing birth friends about all things perinatal. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast. I am Sophie Brigstock and I'm really, really thrilled to have Jade Gordon with me today. I'm going to allow Jade to introduce herself um, because her journey to doulaing is a really interesting one. So Jade, lovely to have you here. Come and tell us a little bit more about who you are. (laughs) Thank you. So so my journey to doulaing is of very accidental <laughs> so my background I am based in the northeast of Scotland and as many people in the northeast of Scotland I am here because of oil and gas <laughs> so my background is in uh, geophysics it's an oil exploration it's very uh, I would say very logical and very like scientific yeah <laughs> not yeah. that those are not <laughs> but um when I was pregnant with my first child my um skepticisms were tested when I first heard about hypnobirthing right Mm -hmm. and I thought oh oh, my friends seem to be doing this weird class (laughs) and it seems to be working for them and then you know I trust their judgment this can't be as weird and hippie as it sounds (laughs) (laughs) and uh, at the time I did also do some research like I love to do research Mm. and I found something called the Bradley method in the US and I wanted I kind of opened my eyes to the idea of you know things can be different than what I've heard Mm. and I also read a lot about doulas then um, and I thought oh if only we had doulas in the UK like they have in the US (laughs) like I had no idea that there was anything here and I suppose like 10 years ago there wasn't actually that much available up here in Aberdeenshire uh, as there is now and so um yeah there there were kind of one or two people like when I searched but they were further afield but yeah luckily like I found hypnobirthing I really loved hypnobirthing so much I changed my whole career amazing (laughs) yeah and I went on to train as um, a hypnotherapist eventually over the years and yeah it's been eight years I've been supporting families Mm -hmm. but my area of extra special love <laughs> is induction mm-hmm. uh, which is quite unusual <laughs> for a, yeah. a birth worker to be uh, picking that kind of speciality or feeling the love for that area mm. but um but yeah I like I never experienced having a doula myself but I wanted to support families more and more like I could see that you can do so much as an antenatal teacher to prepare yeah families for that experience but once you're they're having a home birth or in this case it's like with induction they're at the hospital they are kind of on their own and I just felt like it would be amazing to have in-person support through that aspect of birth as well does that answer your question oh it does and it raises so many more um (laughs) you know I just love hearing you talking because you know it so many of the myths about doulas 
are already coming up. And yes. as you know, I, <laughs> that's my passion is dispelling the myths. So, you know, as you were somebody who was who was working in the oil and gas industry, very scientifically minded. Yes went into pregnancy heard about this weird hippy dippy you know hypnobirthing <laughs> thing and yeah. then got totally and utterly converted and have changed <laughs> your entire career to become yes. a very very successful hypnotherapist and you ra- now run um something as well called hypnoparenting I believe yes I do yes yeah. so that was a, a big drive for me in getting my hypnotherapy and psychotherapy diploma like yeah. I saw we need support beyond birth oh 100% 100% I mean the the lack of support in the fourth trimester and beyond in this country is is shocking yeah really shocking yeah and hypnoparenting like I love it I love supporting families you know for years it's great it's really nice to see them change and build that mental health resilience of course mental health especially these last few years it's just so important that we are taking proactive steps yeah rather than yeah. waiting to our at overwhelm but yeah I mean it starts from birth right it's the whole thing like we uh it was my birth people say oh birth will change you yes. <laughs> birth changed my whole career and my outlook in life and the way I look after my own mental health so yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I, I'm I think I can probably say the same about my experiences too you know not not that I had well, I did have a complete change of career, I suppose, but but that sort of that reawakening of, of yes. a passion of realizing what is really important uh, to me. Um, so you said that induction is a passion. Yes, that's a really interesting thing to say, because as you as you pointed out, there ain't many birth workers out there who go, I love induction or <laughs> talking about induction yes. anyway. So. Tell me a little bit more about that. You know, where where's yeah. that passion come from? And I I think yeah, there there are other birth workers definitely who have a passion around induction. It's not necessarily a love, like a kind of no. the same passion. And that's not to say that I am pro induction. Let's just get yeah. that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because sometimes I am criticised of being pro induction, and that's not the case at all. Mm. Uh, so it comes from my own experience, and mm. so like many things do. When I had my own induction, I I was really prepared for this amazing home birth and all of these things. Yeah, I was really excited about my birth. I felt great. And then my blood pressure started to rise, mm-hmm. <laughs> as it sometimes does. And induction looked like the best option for me and for baby. And I have to say, like, the word that I come back to during that time is that I was devastated. Mm. And I really, I really was devastated. And that that is the part that inspires me to do the work I do. Because my like what I was surrounding myself with, made me so fearful of induction and yes we do have to fight back against like the coercion that happens yes the the fact that there are too many inductions like that are just not necessary yeah but also that to one side we need a positive space for people who have made the decision and that's really where the love (laughs) where the love is when people have said yes I'm going to accept this induction for you know, whatever reason, then I felt when I was in that position, I was like, now where do I turn? Because yes. I couldn't find anything positive or I couldn't find anything helpful. Like 
yes, okay, I can see all the risks. I can see all the, the reasons this is a bad idea, but mm-hmm. what can I actually do to take back some element of control to help myself in this yeah. situation? Yeah, yeah. And that's so important, isn't it? You know, as doulas, we are supporting families, people to make informed decisions. Yes. And um, there are, you know, we have choices around induction there are lots of choices that can be made and I think a lot of people are naturally very fearful around induction understandably because you know that is a medicalization of of a birth process so um you're coming in so you did all your hypnotherapy and and set up your your positive induction group and your parenting at what point did you think actually now I need to I really do need to step into the doula doula role <laughs> I am um, I've played with this for so many years honestly <laughs> I know and I am um, when I was doing my doula course with you I, I shared this that I am um, felt like doulas were these magical beings <laughs> and I was like really can I be a doula like those are like doulas are like really extra special like magical people who <laughs> just have this I don't know special magic to them yeah and yeah I mean obviously that's true that is <laughs> I mean we know that's true <laughs> yeah I was just like really do I have what it takes to be do I have that magic within me somewhere um, and I thought oh Sophie if anyone can bring it out so Sophie <laughs> will find it love it um, but yeah I think like for a long time I thought oh you know it's not like I'm not suited to that like you have to be more hmm like magic is the word that comes to it but more like yeah I feel like sometimes I'm quite direct and I'm quite like this is like let's look at this logically and let's do it this way and uh yeah like I think I misunderstood what a doula was really in some respects as well yeah and so um yeah I just kept seeing things and thinking well that would be nice and then everything just aligned Mm. (laughs) and during lockdown I had extra time my kids were at home doing homeschooling and I was working on the evenings and weekends not in the day and yeah I thought oh here's the chance like everything's lining up (laughs) yes like what's what's give it a go and see what happens because I just thought like like I said before like there was that I could support support families up until like the moment like till that point they went to hospital but after that they were something yes they could text me and things but it's not the same as being present no no it's not and I love that I mean there's an expression out there which I think is so important which is there is a doula for everyone and you know not everybody wants somebody who is sort of magical and woo woo and you know turns up on a unicorn and wafts incense around and all of those kind of things you know some people just want somebody very direct someone who is passionate about the science who is going to be focused on the evidence-based information you know it's there's there's a there is a doula for everyone and I I love that I think that's really really important and the thing is you know we are you know I think doulas are magical I think they are magical but we are not magic. We don't have, yes. we don't have a, a, you know, I often say we don't have a magic wand and we don't have a crystal ball. I can't foresee how someone's pregnancy, birth or parenting experience is going to be. And I can't magically wave a wand to make it the way they want it to be. What I can do, which I think is the magic, is be there 
hold space, listen, acknowledge somebody's feelings and empower them to make the choices that feel right for them. And that sounds so simple. And yet there is something truly magic about that because how many of us do feel listened to and held and supported in that way in many different areas of our life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally, totally hear you on that. And I'm so glad that you've, you've stepped in because we do need, we need, you know, so many different doulas out there. We really do. And particularly where you are, where there weren't that many for a long, long time. So, you know, people need the options, don't they? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Yeah. So coming back to this induction topic, I think one of the myths out there, which really needs to be dispelled is that doulas don't support induction. Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So I think, that's the case with many of the kind of birth prep stuff as Mm. well like what you've learned so far the work you've done with your doula like all of that stuff like we can so easily be like oh well I'm having an induction throw out the window this is going to be terrible it's going to be awful so you know it's got to get over it (laughs) get get through it a bit like the hypnobirthing thing the minute you discover you're not going to have a you know the physiological birth that you dreamed of all of those techniques you learned are totally irrelevant which is is not true (laughs) not true yeah yeah And actually, I would argue that both of those, like birth education and having a doula, are even more important with induction than with like any other kind of birth. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have a home birth and everything goes well, like great. If you have hostile birth and everything's straightforward, no intervention. Yeah, of course, like those are wonderful in those scenarios. But I think even more of an asset when you're induced because you really need someone with you to help advocate for you to remind you like of the tools and techniques you use to help you adapt them like everything everything Indula does like holding space and I think especially for that time that I spoke about before that kind of waiting time in between Mm. when you make the decision and when you go into that appointment whether that's two hours or like two weeks or whatever yeah that's a really emotional time yes there's so much going on like even if you are very clear in making that decision like if it's from medical reasons like and you really clearly can see the kind of benefits risks weighing up here like it still is normal to feel like feel that feelings of loss of sadness about the birth that you maybe had planned and I think like that's such an important time as well it's maybe ignored some of the time not ignored by doulas but we don't actually as parents maybe understand like how much of an impact that can have on our birth experience Mm. so right from like making the decision that holding space that having a chance to share your emotions in a non-judgmental way is so important and be listened to yeah and then yeah like during the birth like there are challenges with induction like there's that's no secret I'm not saying induction is the same as spontaneous labor it's not (laughs) um there are challenges but there are definitely things you can do right Mm -hmm. (laughs) to help yeah absolutely I think one thing that was very um was very powerful for me I I've supported many couples and um pregnant people through um induction situations is that you don't have to accept it all 
Yes. You know, we often talk about the cascade of intervention um, and there's the sort of expectation. You talked about coercion before. Yes. But there's a, an expectation of this is how we do it. This is how we're going to do it. So, you know, with one client, I remember vividly, she was very, very happy to accept certain things, but she absolutely was not willing to have syntocin on, for example. And she yes. had, you know, she had done a huge amount of reading and research about it all. She she knew the benefits, she knew the risks, and she was not prepared to take that risk with her baby. And so, you know, it was it was negotiating what what we could do and what they yes. were prepared to, to to do, and then what it looked like if you know the next next step was needed which it was. And so in the end, she elected to have, you know, with a, a an induction process that hadn't worked up to that point, she then elected to have a, a cesarean birth. And, and I think yeah. that's so, um, so important that the, the choice still stays with the pregnant woman or person, because, you yes. know, it's their birth experience. Yeah, and I think you're so right. I mean, that's one of the biggest fears people have around induction, that they have no control. Like that's, something yes. that comes up again and again when I yes. talk through with this with clients and it's all you know I've not got any control this is you become that passive like passive laborer <laughs> like you yeah. know you're you're like no longer part, like an active part of that birth yes uh, and that doesn't have to be the case and I think like doulas can support massively in that role and helping mm. you especially like the circumstances you um, outlined that's probably something the hospital are not used to hearing (laughs) and having someone else there I mean yes we shouldn't need to but having someone else there like on your team to say right this is this is how it is and no actually there is a choice here remember (laughs) we do have choices yeah it's so it's so valuable yeah I've had some some really really powerful and positive experiences in inductions and with with midwives particularly and and also um obstetricians actually i mean i remember vividly another where we had gone down a certain route and then the next the next step of the induction was suggested and it it brought up a huge amount of fear for my client and because the midwife because we'd been there for a long time let's face it induction can take a long time and there's been a a couple of four or five day long (laughs) birth experiences i've been at with induction um because the midwife had been there on a couple of shifts with us and knew us had really bonded and connected with us she was able to say to us you need to spend some time together I'm going to get you all some tea chat through your options with your doula and then we'll come back and we'll all work we'll work out what the next step is and I was just like wow this is a I love that that's when that's when doulaing works so beautifully when you know you are supporting the midwife, the obstetrician, the the people who are birthing. It's a teamwork effort. You know, you're all you're coming together, pulling together, and recognizing the strengths that you each have individually in the room. Yes. And yeah, it was just it was really really special, really special actually. And yeah, I mean, it's a long time ago, and I still mm-hmm. just vividly remember it. Remember it. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I think coming back to the fact that induction can be a long process is how beneficial the doula can be to the partner. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, like you say, it's like if it is that long time, sometimes birth partners are just exhausted because mm. they don't feel like they can go and have a rest. They don't mm-hmm. feel like they can catch a break because they've got to be there. Yeah. And I remember my 
my husband was there with me and during our first birth which was quite long and um yeah he was just so relieved when my son was born because he really had been needing to pee for so many oh, hours bless him. <laughs> and I'm like oh you should never told me he was like oh, I didn't want to ask oh, <laughs> um God. but yeah like having if you've just got that one birth partner like ha- you know like feeling like oh I, I don't know if I can take a break I don't know if I yeah. you know I'm looking after yourself and to be able to support you have to look after yourself completely so having that other person yeah where you can give each other a bit of a break yeah. is so important yeah, a bit of tag teaming. Yes. I've done a fair amount of having quick cat naps on a crash mat and enabling a partner yeah. to have a snooze and yeah, going and getting some food and stuff. I think that's that's really important. Yeah. We've talked about that on a previous previous episode as well. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you think is really beneficial for doulas to know who are going in and supporting in an induction situation? Yeah, I think um and uh, you're particularly good at this when you when we when you train doulas when you uh, teach doulas like that r- making sure that you're not taking your own baggage in there yeah. um is so important and I see this quite often that um like birth workers have their own bias in terms yeah. of induction and yes as we say it's so important to recognize the negatives and the risks and everything with induction but if you're going in there to support someone, you need to be able to fully accept their decision mm. and be present for them. And I know like as part of our course, we did so much reflective work and that's uh, maybe like not <laughs> an issue for your dealers, but for many like other dealers who don't maybe don't have that opportunity, I would say like it's always good to check in with your like where your bias is in terms of that, because yeah many of us are so used to that kind of birth activism side which is so important and saying Mm. like you know like be aware of coercion and this is not the same and let's like make sure that we're looking at how this is different than spontaneous labor and the like you said the cascade of interventions the implications this could have like look at that and um also when your client has made the choice like moving forward with it so I, I don't know if that's what you're quite asking there, Sophie. Sorry. Do you know, I think no, I think that's a really amazing thing to to mention. And and you're right, I put a huge amount of focus on it um, around our our training courses because of what I recognise is so many people are drawn to doulering because of the experiences that they've had themselves. Yes, and there's nothing bad about that. There's nothing to say. Well, don't be a doula because you had the most amazing birth experience or you had the most horrendous birth experience but just recognizing that my experience is mine I need yeah. to do the work on myself looking at that processing it so that I am I, I use the expression clean and clear quite a lot I am clean and clear to go yes. out and focus on somebody else I don't want my stuff to come up and bite me in the bum when I am with somebody else and it yeah. will and it can and it's an ongoing process that's one of the reasons why mentoring is such an incredibly valuable thing to have throughout your doula journey not just yes. at the beginning because I've been at births many many years after my own birth experiences many years after I trained as a doula many years after I had some initial mentoring and something has happened in that experience that has 
just bought, it's activated me in some yes. way. And I have needed to kind of go away and chat that through. And I think that's that's really relevant, really relevant. And you're right, you know, birth activism is essential. We, I mean, yes. particularly right now, we need people to be banging the drums and, and shaking their fists and petitioning and shouting loudly about how completely horrendous the situation is for yeah. birthing people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And also we need to be mindful of our role when we're actually in the birth room with somebody else. You know, how do we, you know, how do we be boundaried? That's really good grammar, isn't it? How, <laughs> how can we be really boundaried around our different roles, our activist role, our being present with somebody when they're laboring? Um, yeah. I think that's, that's a big question that we ask ourselves a lot because you know many of us on the team are super passionate about, about activism and about where birth is at at the moment. But, it's know, so impo- yeah and that's so both of those things are important and yeah. yeah it's like the this is important one side's important and the other side's important too yeah and um yeah like whether it's the birth activism or your own personal experience or yeah. whatever else it is um yeah it can be challenging but there's so much there's so much you can do to support all yeah. the normal things you would do yeah. but yeah holding that space helping with positioning I think one of the things that made me think about practical things that you mentioned earlier when you were saying about your client choosing not to have the syntocin or pitocin or whatever mm. drink um, they're having uh was that often with induction you have to ask for things like mm. oh can we use the pool and it's really surprised me a lot recently I'm hearing more and more people who've used the pool during induction great during those early stages and I think like if you don't ask it's often not offered to you and I think like knowing having someone to ask those questions when you're in labor you don't want you want to be focusing on what's oh going goodness. on yeah, you don't yeah, want to yeah. be thinking oh I wonder if there, uh, there's a pill I wonder if there's a birthstone in another room I wonder if they've got a peanut ball that I could use yep like someone to ask those questions is yeah. like really really important yeah and um even asking can you go home right yes. <laughs> like, yes. all these things that you might not have thought about if you yes like if you just have this one picture in your mind that you go in there and you lie in the bed and that kind of passive patient mode yep that um yeah having a doula or someone to support you and say oh you know like how how do you feel about this how do you feel about that what if we you know what if we tried this remember your birth plan before I mentioned the pool like there is a pool available it turns out you can use the pool at this stage it's so wonderful yeah I vividly remember I haven't thought about this for years but when I was pregnant with my first and I was hospitalized in my late pregnancy for all sorts of reasons um and there we I was on an antenatal ward with several other women and um there was this one particular woman who was in to be induced and I think it was not her first baby anyway she went home in the middle of the night and I remember waking up the next morning and being so shocked that she wasn't there. She discharged <laughs> herself. I don't know if she'd even discharged herself. Actually, I think she, she'd just gone it's home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in my mind, I was like, but you can't do that. And this is long before I became yes. a doula, long before I, I knew anything about, you know, informed decisions or any of the stuff. But I remember being so shocked that she hadn't done what she was told. Yes. And, you know, she was being induced and surely that was serious and all of the things. So, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yes. to, it's terrible that I have to say it. I often have to say to 
well, you know, it's it's not prison. Like it's yes. not, not prison. Like if you want to go outside and get a, a few breaths of fresh oh, air, yes. like you can do that. And, yes. and people are often really shocked by that. Really shocked. <laughs> um, really yeah. shocked and surprised. And yeah, with 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 a I remember with one client, it was a lovely, lovely summer's day, and um they'd started the induction process. And then I said, you know, why don't we go out and get some lunch? You know, we were in London. Yes. Let's go walking along the South Bank, get some lunch. And her face, what, we can do that? And the midwife was right there and she went, oh, yeah, absolutely. Off you go. She was like, I had no idea. We had the most gorgeous afternoon, you know, poodling around and browsing and eating nice food. It was was great. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Jade, it's lovely, lovely chatting to you. Um, I would love to to chat some more about this, uh, perhaps another time. For now, um, how can people find out more about you? Well, since we're talking about positive induction, (laughs) the main (laughs) way would be positiveinduction.com on the website. And there we've got 50 50, um, different positive induction stories. Amazing. Um, which is great <laughs> like I think even as doulas like it's so important to read those stories and to like learn from people's experience about what's helpful to them as well yeah uh, and there's also a positive induction podcast amazing so ways. and you can find me on instagram at positive induction <laughs> it's very easy it's all positive induction it's and my email is jade and positive induction so <laughs> um yeah but the website's the best first place you can find everything from there brilliant brilliant you are a star thank you so much for joining me i've really no really problem. enjoyed it and um yeah look forward to chatting soon yeah thanks for having me and if there's any doulas who would like to chat more or like need help you know want to talk about induction how they can help i'm always happy to chat to other doulas about the topic so do reach out amazing there is an invitation for everyone thanks jade see you soon bye sylvie thanks Thank you for listening to the Nurturing Birth Doula podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you've got any questions or any feedback, don't hesitate to come back to us. It's info at nurturingbirth.co.uk. And do follow us on social media at nurturing underscore birth on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Please do give us a review if you've enjoyed this episode. We are on Spotify, we're on Apple, and we would love to hear your thoughts about any future episodes you'd like to hear. So do get in touch. Thanks for listening. Bye.